Hello and welcome to the second episode of Tech Nuggets and Thoughts. I am Nikhil Vanpal, your host, and today's topic of discussion is GitFlow. Now, before we get into the topic, I have an announcement to make. We have our own Twitter account. Yeah, it's Tech Nuggets, but uh, without a U. So basically, T E C H and double G E T S. It's amazing. It's only the second episode, we are, and we already have our own Twitter account. I mean, I know what you're thinking, it's free, we could have had it from the beginning itself, but you know what, what they say, right? Better late than never. So follow us on Twitter, send in your suggestions, thoughts, recommendations, anything you would like us to have, it, have covered on this podcast. Alright, so let's get started with today's topic. As I said, it's Gitflow. So before we talk about Gitflow, it is uh, of course an expectation that you already know about Git. Uh, well, Git is a, I will just touch on what Git is. Git is an amazingly popular version control system and uh, it's highly powerful. So being being popular, there's a lot of documentation about it. And being powerful, there's just a lot of chance that we'll shoot ourselves in the foot with it. So today's tool is one such thing that will save us from doing just that. Uh, okay, w- one more thing that we should cover about Git is uh, it's a distributed version control system. What that essentially means is that there's no central server hosted somewhere taking control of all your commits. It's basically everything happens locally on your machine and uh, you send it uh, to, to your coworkers or peers by sharing in a Git hosted somewhere. But the, the hosted version of Git and the version of Git that is running on your local laptop aren't much different. It's one and the same thing. Uh, actually, your local can be converted into uh, a shared server as well. So yes, that's the beauty of it. Now, being distributed brings with it a lot of, uh, you can say, pains uh, for people who are uh, first-timers. Things like uh, a commit, it does not necessarily mean that the code or changes are available to other people. You specifically have to push your changes to other people so that they can not just that they also have to pull your changes to be able to work on your changes or make those changes available to them right so but being local also gives a lot of strength uh, a lot of uh, functionalities to get one such thing is branching it makes branching very very cheap branching is basically identifying a thread of development with a name technically a branch for Git is just a pointer, nothing else. So all the commits, if you look internally how Git stores the commit, uh, it basically creates objects and creates a something called as a, a DAG or directed acyclic graph. Uh, it just means that there's no commit pointing towards another commit which is, which is in the higher up in the hierarchy or one of the parents. This ensures that all commits point towards their children and have a single pointer from their parents except for the merge commits. And uh, there's no cycles in this, ensuring that the threads of development are can be followed through from the root of the uh, version control system or the first commit of the version control system till the latest commit. Every commit in this graph is actually identified by its SHA1 key and a branch is simply a text file storing uh, the ID of this SHA1 that the branch is said to be pointing to. So basically, this particular SHA1 is uh, the commit identified by this SHA1 is sub- said to be the head of this branch. And all the commits that are above this commit are, are parents of this commit are part of this branch. Simple, right? 
so yes but uh, this this is a powerful tool because with this we can actually create individual threads of development as in i can group together uh, commits or commits or changes that are that are for a specific purpose i can name them i can identify them i can always go back to them and find where a particular uh, change came from right any two branches in any given rep git repository aren't exactly related to one another theoretically you can actually have two different completely independent projects on each of those branches but that will be a waste of the abilities of this tool okay we covered a lot more of git than i had hoped for but git branch is something certainly of interest for us today uh, git flow of course is a great git branching model you see how you branch affects a lot of decisions in your development things like uh, how you do your ci how you do your cd how your team interaction happens how they share code or uh, how your release management works all of this is actually governed by how you branch uh, in your git repository like in most of the cases there are multiple schools of thoughts about git branching some believe that git flow is not effective they prefer another branching model also called as a trunk based branching model where well, let's not let's not go there uh, if time permits we'll cover trunk based branching models at the end of this episode but let's come back to uh, git flow so now git flow is actually a multi branch kind of uh, branching model and the beauty of it is that it is it works on the uh, types of development or types of changes that we do in our code so you'll find uh, developers uh, asking this question all the time like when should i create a new branch now git flow takes away that question completely it will automatically decide when a new branch should be created sounds intelligent right well it's pretty simple if you think of it like uh, the type of change that you're doing so one of the most common change is adding features to the product and uh, so every time you are adding a new feature you should ideally be using a new branch but where should you start this branch from should you start from uh, the last release that you gave should you start from someone else's development should you start from a new feature that someone else was developing and just finished developing or something like that how do you decide that so all of these questions are actually uh, they they actually go away if you if you have this git flow in place what gitflow says is that there are only two long lived branches now long is a relative term so long lived in this case means uh, the entire life cycle of your product uh, these two branches should live and no other branch should live that long is also equally true okay so uh, these two branches are one of one of them you already know it's the master branch it is your releases branch master is not where you develop basically and for doing developments there is there's another branch called a develop branch right so most of your developments happen on the dev branch when they are finalized they'll be moved into a master branch and they'll be tagged okay so we have two branches one is master one is dev now when do you directly commit on to dev branch when do you uh, branch off from this branch is the next question that you would have right so that's where the feature branches come in so every time you are creating a feature you'll create a new branch develop the feature on this branch and once you are done you'll move that feature into dev branch so dev branch doesn't necessarily get unfinished features uh, it gets finished features basically after the branch merges into it but of course this dev branch can have uh, bugs 
and a uh, lot of critical issues as well i mean that's that's potentially possible so now uh, a feature branch always starts off from dev branch and merges back into dev branch another most important or rather the most important type of change that we do in our product is bug fixes now where do bug fixes start from now this is not your unit test bug fixes these are escaped bugs basically so escaped by that means an external or uh, the t testing dedicated testing team testing your code and identifying bugs and that's that these are the bugs that these are the testing cycles that happen before release uh, not your integration or unit test uh, bugs those should be fixed in your feature branch itself i mean you should be writing tests right and, and all of us do follow best practices right so we do write tests right so so yes we'll catch most of the bugs and fix them before we consider a, fi a feature finished right so yes so now these bugs that we are referring to are pre-release uh, testing cycle bugs and they must be they must be fixed before we consider a release ready uh, for production right there are also some other changes like uh, version bump and things like that that should happen before your code is moved to uh, production right now all these things are specific to a release and all the release related things are supposed to happen on specific branches for the release called release branches and uh, okay now we've covered uh, four branches right one is master one is dev the other is all feature types of branches or feature type of changes and uh, the next we covered is the uh, release type of changes right now the uh, other very very important type of change that we have to do is hotfixes now all the process that we do like we have unit integration testing system testing or whatever else we put in place like end-to-end -end testing and manual testing after all this we release something to production and uh, and there are times when we still uh, mess up right so yes so to handle such scenarios we have to provide a type of fix called hotfix now this is another type of change that we have to do in our code so we have another type of uh, handling for it called hotfix branches come to think of it a hotfix always happens on a production code right so yes yeah, so hotfix branch if there was one should start from the tag that was released to production okay so now we have seen the major changes that we do with our code uh, let's see what should happen uh, when we make these changes. We've already seen that a feature branch should start from develop and be merged back into develop. Now a release branch, of course, should start from develop and be merged into master our, our production branch. But that's not enough because when we release something to production, we also should tag the commit with the version number that we released, right? So when we merge a release branch with master, we should tag the uh, particular commit but we've made changes on uh, on this release right they have to come back in the development or we'll create keep on creating regressions so a release branch must be merged with dev branch as well so release branch goes from uh, dev to master and uh, gets tagged and comes back to dev as well okay the third type of branch that we saw was hotfix branches uh, so hotfix branch should start from a tag in master branch have changes merged back with master have another tag with the new release that we gave to production and any bug fix or any change that we did should be merged back with develop as well so yes 
okay uh, so many things to be done for every single change that we are doing right this is where git flow comes in it says uh, when to create a new branch based on the change that you are making to your code right but that was the original model that was proposed by its we should refer to him as inventor vincent reason i hope i'm pronouncing his name correctly but as you know of course when there's something interesting that comes up the community always lends a hand now gitflow doesn't really need a different type of tool because it's basically a strategy for creating branches right but what has happened is the people got together and created these uh, scripts that group together these git commands into simpler shorthands to do all these activities in one go amazing right so instead of like saying get branch create a branch name and uh, then switch to that branch or merge the branch create a tag merge the branch into another branch all of that automated completely based on the type of change that you're doing and that's it so there are keywords and there are automated handlings around those keywords and that is what gitflow scripts are today and gitflow is popular enough uh, to be included in the a uh, default git installation that comes for windows and it is pretty easy to install git flow scripts on uh, most of the operating systems like linux or mac os as well so once you have git flow scripts in your in place all you have to do is like initialize the repository with git flow because there are certain conventions now the scripts don't git flow scripts don't uh, really enforce the type of uh, the names that you should use for uh, your release branches or your development branches it suggests uh, basically with with simple defaults but you can override them so when you say git flow in it in a git repository it'll ask you some simple questions questions like what should be the name of your production releases branch the default is master what should be the name of your next release or regular development branch the default is develop you can choose to change them i tend to change them to dev and master and uh, the next questions it has is like uh, what would be the prefix for feature branches the prefix for release branches and hotfix branches it also has some additional branches which we did not cover because i never really used them actually the big big bug fix and support branches although although the options are there then uh, another question is uh, what would you like to use as a prefix for uh, the tag that you would put in your master branch so uh, we tend to normally say that a uh, tag uh, should identify the version number of the release right so when you are releasing let's say version 1.1 the tag would be like v1.1 so you can choose to add v as your tag prefix if you prefer so with this uh, your git flow is set up now there are very very simple commands uh, that you need to know these commands are pretty intuitive based on the type of change that you would want to make coupled with a set of uh, standard keywords they become almost obvious and uh, let's consider the pattern of this command all the git flow commands of course start with git followed by the keyword flow then followed by the type of change that you want to make and followed by a certain action on that change so action can be start can be finish can be publish or list or delete and you you basically get the hang of things right so let's consider a new feature development so i'm starting a new feature called my amazing feature so all i'm going to do is like git flow uh, feature my amazing feature and that's it git flow will now check out develop branch create a new branch from it check out the new branch perfect 
Now when I'm done developing my feature, all I say is like get flow feature, my amazing feature, finish. And done. So the branch will be merged with develop and delete itself locally. And done, we, we can just now push develop branch and we're done. Now let's say if you wanted to collaborate code on a feature, so all we say is get flow feature, my amazing feature, publish and it's gone, it's, it's uploaded, it's pushed basically to the central repository and others can follow the same pattern and say get flow feature, my amazing feature, pull and it will be pulled down into their repositories. And if you want to list all the features that you're working on or are available in your uh, repository, you say get flow feature, feature name, list and it will list all the feature branches basically uh, let's not talk about branches yes all the features that you are working on simple enough right the same goes for releases you say git flow release release name start and you start a new release that's it it's that that easy and that straightforward you know what is even more interesting there are bash completion scripts even for git flow so if you install a, a bash completion script all you have to do is hit tab and it will show you all the possible commands that you can run after what you've already entered just as git command line amazing isn't it yeah so that's about uh, git flow you'll you'll get a hang of things when you actually work on it i'm not of course going to cover each and every single feature uh from this uh amazing branching model that i've been using but uh, let's let's move on to uh, what happens when you use Gitflow. The first thing you'll notice is a much, much cleaner and a standardized repository. When you look at your repository, you'll get to know what exactly is going on in which of the branches, just by the name of it, right? That's one of the first changes. Secondly, now all your branches are, are, are in a following very specific patterns. You can use this to enforce uh, user access controls on certain types of branches. So, no. So, of course, no one uh, is allowed to touch the master branch directly. But your release manager has an access on it, right? Which also ensures that no one can, even if they wanted to, cannot mark things uh, for production releases, right? The next thing is that you. It is very very easy to set up multi-branch build pipelines. And because there are patterns and conventions, it is uh, easy to set up what should happen in what type of branch. I, I, of course, like in case of multi-branch builds, the uh, scripts for build uh, is actually checked in and is actually carried through all the repository in all the branches. But uh, you still need common code in it, right? You don't want uh, uncontrolled fragmentation of your build scripts. So. So what we used to do is uh, basically identify the branch using the pattern and uh, automate certain things, things like uh, who all should be mailed when a build fails in this branch. For example, a build failure in a release branch is much more priority than a build failure in a feature branch. Maybe a build failure in a feature branch will send out an email only to the those who are contributing to this feature and a build failure in a release branch will be sent out to everyone on the team, right? Uh, fire alert. <laughs> now I won't try to tell you that Gitflow will fix everything that is wrong with your repository. There are certain things that you need to be very, very careful about when you use Gitflow. Uh, things like uh, when you come to depend on the patterns of Gitflow, uh, there's nothing in Git or Gitflow that stops people from breaking the patterns, right? 
people can still manually create branches random branches and that can break your automation scripts at point one of the other things that has caused problems for me in the past is when there are multiple people managing uh, releases you see get being distributed version control system people have to manage synchronization manually right uh, we faced problems when uh, one of the release managers would release a particular version and next time when if someone else comes up to release a version they would still see the older release branch open in their uh, local repository right and then gitflow would complain and uh, that was a confusing state right so do we delete the branch manually you basically have to prune the branches to keep in sync with uh, the central repository but that's that's uh, something that you do have to keep up with it's nothing specific to gitflow as such but a nuisance that we observed all right i think we have covered uh, everything that was there on the list for today's episode and it's time to say goodbye uh, but before that we have our own twitter account now it's uh, tech nuggets t e c h n g e t s please feel free to reach out to me on this twitter account or my personal twitter account i'm at the rate nikhil vanpal on twitter please feel free to send in your thoughts and feedback also by the time it is released it is going to be 2018 So very happy new year to all of you. All right, uh with this we've come to an end of the second episode and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.